Support for this podcast comes from Avature, the AI-powered total talent platform trusted by 110 of the Fortune 500. From initial candidate engagement through onboarding, talent mobility and performance management, Avature enables organisations to meet their unique needs while delighting and engaging all stakeholders. Just listen to what Nilesh Boote, Director of Recruitment at L'Oreal, has to say. The solutions that we have created are so specific to L'Oreal that it just feels like a team sitting outside of L'Oreal and working for us. If you sign up with Avature, it's for sure signing up with a company who, with whom you will be really able to design solutions the way you want and also embark on a, a, a journey with where innovation is at the core. Visit avature.net and discover why global leaders like L'Oreal choose Avature to power their recruiting and talent management strategies. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to the Recruiting Future podcast. Digital transformation is currently one of the fundamental drivers of talent strategy for many organisations. Ensuring your company has the right balance of skills is a complex task involving talent acquisition, L&D, retention, internal mobility and an effective HR and recruiting tech stack. So how are employers managing the complexity of all of this while prioritising the employee experience? My guest this week is Harm Otten, Executive Vice President of Human Resources at DHL Global Forwarding and Freight. Harm has spent the last few years focusing on the talent aspect of digital transformation within his organisation, putting recruiting technology at the heart of the strategy. Hi, Harm, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Matt. Welcome to join your podcast. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. And it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Could you just introduce yourself and tell us what you do? Yes. Oh, my name uh, should be uh, should be in there. My name is Harm Otten. I am responsible for human resources in one of the divisions of the DPDHL group. Uh, people may know the DHL group from packages and stuff, but the group is, does much more than that. The group is about 600,000 people big. It consists of five divisions. And one of the divisions I'm responsible for, for HR, is the DGF, the DHL Global Forwarding and Freight Division, which consists of about 45,000 people globally. And our main business is around forwarding globally with air freight, ocean freight, land cargo, customs, all kinds of value added services around the world that's our main business fantastic stuff now talk us through your sort of time there because you've not been there a kind of a super long time so when did you join and what did you find when you sort of arrived at the company uh, well i've been in forwarding all my life i've done uh, 20 years with uh, Schenker, which is a big competitor after that i joined kuna nagel for another 11 years which is also a top five player uh, and I joined DHL Global Forwarding about two and a half years ago. During the course of my life, I was in multiple HR positions in different countries, ranging from country level to global head offices to regional level and global levels. 
Um, I joined uh, in December 2018, I joined DGF, uh, which was a, a very challenging step uh, coming into uh, a divisional board, being responsible globally for the development of HR in a company that just sort of uh, made, made kind of a restart between 2014 and 17. Uh, DGF went through a bit of a, a, a difficult period and under a new leadership of Tim Shawat, we made some sort of a, of a restart and uh, building up the company uh, around new entrepreneurship. And, and so far, the last two and a half years have been a fantastic ride. We've, we've made so, so great steps in this area. Uh, the change process that the division and also the whole group is going through is immense. If we see what we've uh, done so far on improving entrepreneurship, improving our product management, improving our software, looking at our cost control, lots and lots of changes. At the same time, just before I arrived, there was in the group uh, a new head of a, a new CHRO, Mr. Thomas Ogilvy, uh, and he set a clear path together with the HR board on a new HR strategy which is uh, by now, because this changes every now and then, it's now called our HR strategy, our HR mission 2025, which is a lot about digitization and adjusting everything to the new world. Uh, this is a very exciting period because when I came in, I found an HR organization that was very little digitized. Uh, it was rather far from business. Um, and I, I found a green playing field of improving lots of stuff using very much uh, 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 the, the, the company strategy that is very clear with a fantastic purpose, uh, connecting people and improving lives with a very clear vision of being the logistics company for the world, delivering excellence in a digital world based on great values like respect and results. So on this basis, with a view of digitally redesigning our people operating model towards, a, um, I would call it a great employee experience and operational efficiency, this, this was a fantastic basis for me to start out my journey within our division. So we see digitization as the most important driver to become more effective and efficient. We apply means of digitization to increase our operational efficiency, both in our business, but also in HR, and to optimize interaction with our customers as well as with our employees. Now, improving the employee experience is really at the top of the agenda. Therefore, applications we use are being modernized and processes are digitized to continuously improve, let's say, the working conditions for our employees. And with our digitization strategy, we aim to constantly improve the employee experience. Fantastic stuff. I mean, tell us a little bit more about that in terms of the sort of the processes and the systems, but maybe in particular also the technology that, you, that you're using. Absolutely. So we, we specifically, we implement tools that strengthen the collaboration and help us attract and retain and develop the best talent. Um, uh, while digitization also plays a crucial role in training and development of our employees. And we also know that uh, IT and technology is changing so fast that we constantly need to adapt that. So where we started off was um, 
we select, I found that we, we, we did not have one common HR system. So we selected and rolled out a core HR system with a plan for a three and a half year rolled out. We rolled out, we chose Oracle as our provider for that. And by now, we're in the middle of that process and we've rolled it out to approximately 50, 55 countries. And our target is to finalize with over 100 countries by the middle of 2023. And this will give us a, a real basis for data and for all administrative actions that happen in HR from onboarding, even from pre-boarding to offboarding. That was that's a very a very important decision because these data it's all about data in the future. If you don't have a core system, how will you manage a hundred countries into a certain direction? The second thing that we started off with is if we have these best in class processes, how do we make sure that we have the right data of all of our people that we want to know? to make sure that we have the right people, the right amount of people with the right competencies in place. So we started to build a job architecture with the aim to have every employee in our company tagged with a job reference. So we know that in a global job catalog, we can, we can generate a view on who is where, who's doing what job, on what level is he or she active, what competencies does he have? What competencies go along with that job? Now, this will enable talent management processes and hiring processes in a, in a very different way than we used to do before because we can digitize a lot. One example for that, that's a very exciting project that we're working on across the business units in the group, is our internal career market. So if we've got all this set up, if we've got our core system ready, if we've got our job architecture ready, and we know what our people's aspirations are, we will be able to match jobs to people and also to match people to future jobs. So you try to imagine that we have a machine that helps us with technology and with, with also a bit of artificial intelligence that helps us for example, to, you're, you're one of our employees and we see that you have a certain level and there's a job vacancy and the machine will help us you to propose to you, hey, these jobs are available, would this be something for you? Just imagine how that world will change our internal marketplace, which is, by the way, huge because the group has about 600,000 people. And I also believe that if you offer this to your people, you've got a fantastic employee value proposition that is really attractive also for people in the market because people will see that you can have a career. There are dedicated learning paths that we've developed for all kinds of job families. So people see that you move up in the ladder or you can have a very diverse career within our company. People see that from the outside as well. It will attract people. But it also makes sure that we retain our people because nowadays people don't stick around, hang around 10 years in a job waiting for their boss to leave. No, that doesn't happen anymore. So you have to offer something as a company. That sounds like an amazing project for, for all the reasons that you've outlined there. You mentioned Oracle. Tell us a bit more about the other sort of core technologies that you're using to drive talent acquisition and this sort of internal marketplace. So we did a lot of thinking about how, how, do, how do we get 
globally all of our processes in place that will be able to manage recruiting thousands of people every year that we do in this company. So we set out to find the right partner for that, to globally support this. In the end, after a careful selection period, we chose Avature. Avature is uh, delivering for us a full process from A to Z and is a perfect fit for us and also a perfect fit uh, for us with our other systems because it's pretty easy to connect Avature to our other systems and it helps us being best in class with these processes. Now we were able to roll out Avature within our division within a time frame of nine months over a hundred countries with I don't know uh, how many recruiters are involved, how many managers got access. Uh, we spent an enormous amount of time in, in now thinking on how to interconnect Avature to our job boards, to our core system, to enable a very smooth process from pre-boarding to, sorry, from, from, from recruiting to pre-boarding to onboarding to off-boarding. And this, this has been very successful. Avature was, um, is so user-friendly that our teams adapted to it ex extremely easy. That, of course, helps. And it was also part of the selection process that it needed to be easy to use. Now, you mentioned that labour markets change on a yearly basis and sometimes it's an employer's market, sometimes it's an employee's market. Um, obviously, we're at a very, very unusual time as uh, hopefully we start to come out of the pandemic and we're seeing sort of pressures and changes in, in labour markets all, all around the world at the moment. How, how is the sort of a pandemic or coming out of the pandemic affecting what you do in terms of talent? It's affected just about everything that we do. Uh, what we've seen now, looking back, we can see that uh, how well we can collaborate and be productive and be a successful company while we collaborate digitally. Uh, just imagine at early 2020 uh, with the beginning of the pandemic and, and try to envision what we do. We ship goods across the world using ships, using airplanes, using trucks. We provide customs between borders. Now, early 2020, I think it was in February, ships stopped sailing from China. And a month or two months later, airplanes stopped flying. Uh, and then borders were closed. So we had to be extremely creative in how we serve our customers uh, with this situation. And at the same time, all of the countries in the world were confronted with the pandemic and governmental restrictions. And on top of our mind was keeping our people safe. Now, we've got a situation that, that like, like 85 to 90 percent of our people are white collar workers. We've got very few. We've got a few truck drivers. We've got a few people working on in warehouses. That is a situation that you can't change. You have to do that locally. You have to somehow the goods have to be picked up and put into a plane. But most of our people were able to work from home. So we shifted working from home for 85 percent of our people within most of the countries within 24 or 48 hours. And I can tell you, I've been always very fond and always a big driver for flexible work, for working from home. But I haven't been able to move that needle an inch in 30 years. And, and Corona just helped me on that path. And we, it was shown to our 
management and to ourselves that it is possible to have a very productive and successful organization while working from home. But our people were working from home in very different situations. I mean, it's very different whether you're working from home from India or from uh, Sao Paulo or from New York or in, in Western Europe, very different circumstances. But what we see is, you know, it, it's, it's been a huge, it, we've never seen a paradigm shift so happen so quickly. And I'm, and I'm sure that because it's, it's been so long now, we will never go back to the way it was before. We will never go back to 100% working from offices. Momentarily, we're implementing globally a flexible work office concept, always adjusting this to the local situation. But we are moving into a kind of a hybrid situation, a 50-50 work from home, work from the office. Um, many things we had to rethink. Why did we travel around the world to discuss standard operations? We don't do that anymore. I don't think we'll do that in the future. We'll be traveling to make sure that our network works, that we know each other, that we trust each other, that we work on the way that we work together. So th this has also been a very big push for digitization. It's been a push for getting all of our applications mobile. It's been a push for enabling our people with technology that we can work on all kinds of different places. And I must say that this is also become one of the attractive, one of the points that is really become important in attracting people. There's many things that you need to do as an employer to be attractive, but it's been a real change that people are now next to the fact that they're asking for a good pay, uh, that they're looking at career opportunities, they're looking for growth. There are hardly any situations where it doesn't come up in a recruitment conversation. And do I have to come to the office every day or can I work from home? And it also gives us huge opportunities to have people working from a distance. I mean, taking two steps back, two years back, you would recruit people. Let's take Sao Paulo, a huge city. You would recruit people from Sao Paulo only. Uh, just for the fact that it takes two hours to come to the office. Um, now you can recruit people who are way farther, way farther from that, but it's also important to keep our people because most of them don't have to travel to the office every day, two hours, single trip. So this is a really attractive thing that we are now also bringing into our employee value proposition. And let's be honest, there's no way out. The genie is out of the bottle. So uh, this, is, this is what it's going to be. Very much so. Yeah, very much so. I could, couldn't agree with you. Couldn't agree with you more. And, and I think we're seeing that in organizations all, all around the world. You sort of mentioned uh, digital transformation a lot and digitization of, of, of HR, but, but obviously your, your industry is going through, has, has been through digital transformation as a whole. How, how has that changed in terms of the, your sort of recruiting requirements and the, the skills that you're, that, you're, that you're looking for and the type of jobs, the type of roles that you recruit for? It's changing. It's changing a lot. Um, we've introduced, as a part, of the, part of the change within our company is that we've introduced an operating system for our forwarders that now enables them to have a view on the files that they're working on globally. Uh, previously, we had um, 
our, let's say, our export or import departments were managed partly by customer service people and also data entry people. To just simplify it, it's, it's more difficult than that. But we saw that we were hiring people with uh, making sure that they had the competencies to deal with a lot of data, with documents, entering documents and following documents and printing them, etc. The digitization now enables us, enables our forwarders to be different. It enables them to be a salesperson who is watching screens and who is enabled to deal with exception management and to deal with our customers and to manage our shipments instead of pulling in data. Now, through this transformation process, we're, I mean, I think we're almost halfway. Uh, but we also see that we are now looking for different people with different competencies. And this is the core of our business. Of course, we're looking for different people who help us in our digital interactions with our customers because we enable our customers, uh, sorry, our systems enable our customers to, for example, book uh, digitally. Uh, we have digital uh, billing. We have digital pricing. Uh, this also enables our people to, to deliver very much more value-added work. So at, at a time which, which is now very, with very strange labor markets, I mean, the combination of sudden high demand from the last months so of post-pandemic high demand, the uh, difficulties within the logistics sector, new competitors popping up everywhere. There's many more companies jumping in on the e-commerce ship. But we also now see that we have to compete with companies that we were not competing with. For example, uh, just, just one example, McDonald's has raised its hourly wages with a couple of dollars. So the difference with our uh, uh, administrative people has, uh, has shrunk. Uh, and, and, and they could now think, okay, I can, do, uh, I can go to McDonald's for this. But, and and, and uh, with DHL, uh, I, can get, I can get a couple of dollars more. So we see that in certain segments, there is a pressure on pay, certain segments of the labor market. Uh, um, and this is also, and at the same time, we see that we had last year, we saw the attrition go down like 50%. I think all of the companies saw that because people were careful not to change so fast. And we saw, and we see that now picking up again. So there's a lot of more opportunities for our people. And at the same time, we're looking for people with new competencies. We're looking for people who can manage shipments in a digital world and who can offer our customers very different solutions uh, instead of uh, focusing also on the lower part of the, the lower value added part of the previous work because we've replaced that with digital systems. So the profile of the people we're looking for has changed very much. Same time, what we see is that we've, the last couple of years, we've developed a very different approach on how we select if we look at diversity. Uh, there's a huge pool out there uh, that, was, that we were not engaging with uh, and also looking at the internal career perspectives, for example, for females, but we're looking at adding diverse teams and diverse people to be able to compete, to, uh, to, to be able to deal with the, uh, with the very fast changing circumstances that we have in the world. So we're looking at different people, different kind of competencies, 
a very diverse teams that we're looking for. So that's changed a lot, Matt. No, it, it sounds out, and I can imagine there's, there's a huge amount. There's a huge amount going on, and I suppose with that in mind, you've, you've sort of mentioned a lot about being a, a great place to work and employee experience and your sort of internal careers market. What does the sort of the future of of talent acquisition look for you in terms of how you attract these these different types of uh, talent into your, into into your business? I think that the future of recruitment is is around being an attractive employer with a fantastic employee value proposition. It is about digitization and it's about connecting to your audience outside and having a very easy way of connecting, applying and thinking applicant-centric and having a great pre and onboarding in your company. So um, there's a couple of points that are really important in, in, in future recruiting. First of all, I mentioned that it was being an attractive employer. This is an employee market. You need to have a good proposition for the people outside. You need to have a good purpose, a good vision and mission. You need to tell the story of your success, of what you're doing. What, why, are you, why are we on earth? What are we doing? What's our success? How can you contribute to that? You need to offer growth, of course, a good pay. And you, need to, you just need to be a great place to work. Now, next to that, you need to know what you need because if, you're, if your company processes, your operating model is changing, then you need to think about your future workforce. What are the competencies that you need? How much, how fast is the change going? How fast do, can, can you recruit new people at the same time, help your own people uh, to come along in that change? You need to have a plan for that. You need to reach your audience. It's very difficult to reach the right audience. You, you need to select the media that you use. You need to think about your Google search engine. You need to be, you need to be able to define how and where to find your audience and maintain contact with that audience. You need to continuously tell your story. Once you've gained interest of those people, you, you need to have a very seamless uh, uh, application process. Um, it needs to be applicant centric. You don't you don't want to have obsolete questions. You don't want to have too many clicks in there. You you make it very easy to connect people and very easy for people to apply. Um, and then there's technology that will help you select the right people. You can ask the right questions for for your applicants. You can have a a system helping you to make the first shift to make the first shifts in there. You can have um, uh, artificial intelligence helping you there uh, to select your future competencies. It's also changing um, from uh, looking at CVs and what you've done in the past. It's looking at competencies and what what you can do. Uh, what are you good at? Um, so this 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 easy process of hiring is extremely important. Next to that, I mean, most of the people we see that we lose, we lose them somewhere in the first 18 months, 24 months of them being with us. So having a fantastic onboarding or even before that, a great pre-onboarding helps you get the people get acquainted with your company in the future job that they can do. 
we have been rolling out a, 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 what we call is a smart connect app. This is an app that's available for all of our people, 600,000, whether they're working in post and parcel, whether they're delivering letters or whether they're a truck driver or a forwarder or an IT guy, uh, whether they have a laptop or not. So our connection to our people has been established. This is, this is one of our tools that we established that. And this makes learning available. It also makes pre-onboarding available, so the phase between selecting a person, signing a contract, and then there's a time in between before he or she starts the job. And in that period, IT and, 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 and digitization helps us to connect to people. We can show them videos, we can have them uh, learn the, 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 the needed compliance trainings or the first operating uh, information that they need. So helping them onboard fast and getting them acquainted to our company using digitization for that is helping us not losing those people. Um, this, is, this is one of the, the, the strongest bases that we have, a continuous learning. Uh, our IT around learning and culture has developed greatly as well. We've developed job uh, sorry, we've developed learning journeys that fit for certain job profiles or job families. So if people want to see how they can develop further within their uh, within the kind of uh, job family that they're in. They can just click in a system mobile or on their laptops and see what's available. So if we can combine our future marketplace with the continuous learning and our cultural drive programs that we have on leadership and on uh, our, func our functional necessary learnings, we have a fantastic employee value proposition. And this is the most important because it's an it's a employee's market out there and they need to be interested in you. So driving then our internal marketplace, this also drives external, external hiring because people can see that they can have a, a growth and a future and a career with us. And I must say that's a super exciting project that we're working on. So coming to the end, it, it, it's simply as a, and as a leader, you know, you need to make sure that you're a talent magnet. So you need to offer this to our to new people, but you shouldn't be a talent herder. Uh, the, one of the jobs of all of our leaders is to attract people, to grow people, and then let them go into the next job. Now, this is tough, but this is, this is a very good thing for us and for those people. It's very obvious that culture and employee experience is, is very important to your organization. As a final question, obviously, you're a large organization. And as a large organization, you'll acquire sort of various, various companies over time. What are the success factors for you in combining uh, cultures and addressing employee concerns during those acquisition processes? Yeah, yeah. Well, pr previously we were talking about digitization, you know, and so it obviously had uh, has had an impact on how we collaborate and also impacts corporate culture. Uh, if you look at a merger or an acquisition, this is more an iterative process. It's very different when it comes to acquisitions. Whenever an acquisition is announced. There are worries. There are worries with people. People worry about their jobs, and especially at the acquired company, of course. Now, there's a period uh, we call that the pre-close period and the after-merger announcement. So that's before it's finalised by the authorities. This period requires special attention. 
This is, of course, this is the time when competitors go after your customers and they go after your people. And it's also the time when your talent, your top talent, is most likely to consider whether they need to leave the company because the the questions are arising. So what's my future? What's the identity of the company that I'm going to be working with? Uh, some of them may go for interviews and some of them may wait until the close is there. And uh, so to avoid a loss of talent, it's imperative that the rationale of the transaction needs to be addressed straight after the announcement. Information is key and this enables both sides of the deal to understand the envisioned future setup after the completion and to address existing or occurring concerns. And you really have to work on your culture with a clear view on how you want to do, how you want to work together. It's all about respect and results, and this needs to be clear from the from the beginning. So it makes a huge difference whether this is a, uh, a bolt-on acquisition with more or less seamless integration plans, or if the buyer intends to squeeze maximum synergies by combining two existing companies. There's a very different thing. Communication is, is of course, the glue used to combine cultures. It's, it's just by con conveying the combined organization's future vision and strategy to all of the employees. And you need to keep on doing that and you need to repeat that. Regularly communicating with people, with the employees in this pre-close period is critical so people can, see, can clearly see the road ahead. And if they buy into that, that's why communication between the announcement of, and day one should be a top priority for everyone. It's, it's also an important time for our leadership team to look and listen to feedback, to reinforce what's going well, to be very close, and to take corrective action wherever necessary. So paying attention very early to the envisioned operating model and to the culture that exists in both companies and the culture that you want to have is essential. Absolutely. Um Thank you very much for talking to me. Oh, it was a pleasure, Matt. Absolute pleasure. My thanks to Harm Otten. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list to get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.